0: guests today are Katie Campbell and Rivka Cooperman who run the children's theater program at the Arkansas Arts Center and just uh to get this out of the way up front I say that the Arts Center is closing for renovations but it's not closing it's just moving so you'll be able to find the exhibits and art and classes and the theater in other locations in Little Rock Uh, primarily at the old Walmart on Lower Cantrell by Riverdale Theater. So anyway, keep visiting the museum and the programs and classes and uh, know that it's going to be fabulous when it reopens in a few years. Uh, We also talk about a friend of ours, Matt DeCampbell. He was Governor Beebe's spokesperson um, and so much more. He was uh, their friend, my friend. He was in improv with them and he died of cancer in March and it was a very sad, sad time, but he lives on in us and in our memories. So we're grateful for that speaking of improv improv little rock does shows at the joint in north little rock in argenta on wednesdays they have earlier shows that are that welcome children and then they also sometimes have later shows where they do more adult uh, themes and performances they consider their home theater the public theater on center street in little rock but just check out their facebook page and in the show notes and uh, you'll be able to see what they've got going on. I really hope you support them. I think these women are amazing, and uh, I love what they do, uh, particularly for children in the area. I think it's an important service. So anyway, thanks, and I hope you enjoy the show. Do you pronounce it Rivka or mm-hmm. Rivka? Rivka. Rivka, okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And But you go also go by Rebecca? No, I don't use it. Where did I get Rebecca, that? no, <laughs> that's my legal name. Uh, Rivka is oh. Hebrew for Rebecca. Well, I assumed that that was the case, but mm-hmm. I swear you told me. I never use it. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I kind of want to get rid of it.
0: Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> and just go by Rivka.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can do that and I can help. Thank you. For $99.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, if you. Okay, on law to go you only pay for the services that you need. No more of this pay by the hour. That's right. I don't know. There's your commercial that's voice. I, that's how I talk <laughs>
0: on my commercials. Okay, well let's let's start talking. Uh, hi there. Hello. Hi. Could you all introduce yourselves and just tell us who you are, where you're from?
2: Hi, I'm Katie Campbell, and I'm an associate director at the Arkansas Art Center Children's Theater and improviser with Improv Little Rock and the Joint Venture.
1: I am Rivka Cooperman, and I am production stage manager at the Arkansas Arts Center Children's Theater. Um, I just completed my sixth season uh, here, and I also am a company improviser with Improv Little Rock and Joint Venture.
0: So is Joint Venture, um, is that is
2: that somehow, like, legally connected to the joint, or is that just... Uh, it is our, I guess, is it pseudonym? Pseudonym. And when he, alias, it's our alias. So, um, Improv Little Rock is what is is the company. But when we perform at the Joint, we're known as the Joint Venture. Joint Venture. Okay,
0: but you don't have anything to do with
1: the ownership, or it,
0: it's just your home
1: stage, if you will. Is that mm. accurate? Or? Well, I think it's our where we perform. Uh, most often now. But I would consider our home stage is at the public theater on 7th and Center. Uh, That's where uh, Improv Little Rock started and Mm -hmm. uh, was cultivated. Mm -hmm. Um, But now we perform mostly at the joint in North Little Rock. At the joint, okay.
0: But... There is no connection to you. Don't own any of the joint or anything like that. We
1: do No. Okay. Okay. No, no. 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 No.
2: But our uh, our director, fearless leader, Brett Eilert, he is a part of the main thing, which is um, three three performers, two of which are owners, uh, Steve and Vicky Farrell. So that's how that's how we came over to the joint. Okay. Um, they came to an improv show. They saw Brett and said, "We want to work with Brett." And he came over and worked with them, and then he brought us all over. Okay.
0: Well, since we're on this topic, let's just go ahead and talk about improv. Now, Are you all from Arkansas?
1: I am. I'm from Little Rock, and um, born and raised here, I went through um, a lot of the classes here at the Children's Theater. um, And I did stuff at local community theaters here growing up. uh, And I went to college at UCA. So I'm a Central Arkansas girl.
2: Okay. And Katie, I'm originally from North Carolina. That's my home state, um, and but I've been here since 2007, and consider Arkansas home now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, did you um, plan
0: to stay in Arkansas?
2: No, Maybe. no, I did not. Uh, think that I would have a career in theater in the deep south in a landlocked state you know it was not not ever what I imagined uh, but when I came I thought I was going to stay for nine months for my first contract here at the art center and I fell in love with um, the people and the opportunities and the landscape so now it's home yeah it has a way of sucking you in Yeah, yeah I came in 97,
0: So 10 years before you did. And I was just going to finish school and move on. My biological dad is from here. So that's my connection to Arkansas. And um, I actually went to one year of high school. I graduated from Central, but I was just here for one year. So I don't have that kind of high school. Uh, this does not feel like my home state. Yeah. But I've been here for so long now. and it, But it took me about 15 years to be content to be in Arkansas because I just i am um, a feminist. I'm not religious. I am out of Southern Belle. I mean, I just didn't feel like I fit in here and it wasn't where I wanted to stay, but I actually really, really love it now. Yeah. For all the reasons you just said, it's beautiful. It's comfortable. There are good people here and it's easy to live here relative to places like New York or other places I've lived where it's yeah. harder and expensive. And
2: and if I get pissed, I can just walk to the Capitol. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 It's <laughs> nice. It's accessible. Everything yeah. is accessible here. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Well, let's talk a little bit about your backgrounds in in theater and comedy, however you want to frame it.
1: Okay. Well, I took my very first improv class here at the Arts Center at Summer Theater Academy uh, when I was 10. And that was the class that I felt that I excelled in the most um, because there wasn't... There wasn't really ever a wrong answer, except saying no. Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everything else was great. Uh, And so that's where I fit in the most. And so I continued my study of improv. Uh, I took classes throughout high school. Um, And I did, like I said earlier, local theater here uh, through high school and then through college. And Let me stop you for a second. When you were 10, what kind of kid were you? Were you shy? Were you outgoing? I was the kid that (laughs) needed to find where she fit in. Mm -hmm. And... I didn't fit in most places. Mm -hmm. And so, but when I came here and there were other like-minded kids like me, I'm like, this is where I'm supposed to be. So this is where I stayed.
0: (laughs) So my nieces who are 11 and 12, about to be 12 and 13, but they talk about finding their people. And Audrey, the older one, she has, she's very excited about drama. She's super insecure. and outgoing and weird at the same time. I don't know. It's kind of a, a bizarre thing. I've always thought that she should try acting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but she talks about just trying to find people who she feels comfortable with. And, and is, that, is that kind of what you're talking about? Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And the thing is is that I, I never considered myself... I still don't consider myself an actor. I hate memorizing things. Mm-hmm. I think it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the fact that I can just shut off my brain and just let free thoughts flow... Uh, is stress relieving Mm -hmm. Uh, it's freeing and it makes me use a different side of my brain Uh, because now I'm in stage manager mode Uh, and the fact that I can turn all that off and just say the first thing that comes to mind and be real honest about it uh, is freeing. and is that I'm assuming that's something you had to develop yeah I mean it's a skill that's cultivated over time and you know you learn there are some rules loose rules to, to improv you know you don't say no you endow your you endow your partner and um, and you and you and you practice that over time and and you kind of get what you mean by that with the more times you do it
0: so we'll, I'll finish going through your kind of general bios mm-hmm. but I want to get back to to improv and the idea of improv and mm-hmm. um I might project a lot during this conversation. Um, I don't know. I will see what happens. But uh, So you went to UCA and you continued to do acting and performing?
1: When I went to UCA, I was a, I was a theater major, uh, but I think I was in... Two shows when I was at UCA, Uh, that wasn't really ever the thing. I I didn't really want to perform. I preferred being backstage. I worked in the costume shop actually uh, for four years, and I thought for sure that like, okay, I'm gonna end up being a um, like a seamstress or a first hand or something in a costume shop. Um, But that's it's not what happened. Don't, you didn't want to perform but no that's exactly what you do in improv that's exactly yeah i know isn't that crazy but it doesn't feel like i'm performing it feels like that i'm in a safe space
0: because it is so impulsive not impulsive yes. but i mean it's it is improv yeah right? as opposed to the formal theater and studying lines and all of that exactly yeah, yeah. right um when was the last time you acted in that way yeah <sighs> <sighs>
1: College? Okay. Yeah. I think that was my my last show in my last show in college. Mm-hmm. Was it last time I memorized? Anything? We've been trying to get her to do her thesis show
2: because it's a one woman show. Yeah, but I'm not gonna do it. She refuses every time. Yeah. Mm-mm. Is it possible for someone to do it?
1: I want Chad Bradford to do it. <laughs> What's, but he says, it's not the same unless you do it. Well, what is the topic? It's a, it's then? about my, it's about me. It's, you know, it's narcissistic and, you know, egotistical. And I don't ever want to look at it again. Uh, but other folks disagree with me. So I don't. I think it would be I hilarious to have someone else do it. I, I think it would be great <laughs> yeah. to have a male do it. Yeah.
2: I think it would be fun if there were a bunch of different people who did Let's it. That step in and did each chapter. Yeah. Because there's
1: chapters. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but you know, I don't want to do my thesis. It was a long time ago. Different person then. Well, we're all different now. people there. But,
0: I mean, well, I don't want to revisit who I was at college age. I did not go to college when I was 18. I went to New York, and I drank and partied and slept with people and had a great time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank God I didn't keep journals back then. But, um, okay, well... I almost said no pressure, but I want to pressure you now. I at least want to read it. I mean, mm. No. Okay. No, okay.
1: It's, it's, is it on video? Can we it's, just have a video? I, I will not disclose this information. Okay. okay. <laughs> All
0: right. Okay. Moving on. So did you come here, uh, I don't know how old you are, but... Um, I'm 34. 34. So mm-hmm. what did you do between college and
1: coming here? So um, I took a year off when I graduated college because I did not get into grad school. Wah, wah. Mm. And I worked at a sewing store in Conway for a year at the Conway Sewing Center. Um, And I really liked it there. And one day I went into work and the door was locked. Oh. It closed. (laughs) Okay. So I went home. Uh, (laughs) um, And then the next year, I actually went to grad school for one semester at NYU Tisch School for the Performing Mm -hmm. Arts. Uh, And I was studying performance studies. And I the program was not the the right fit for me. Mm-hmm. And also at the time, my mom was taking a turn for the worse because she had breast cancer. And so I was there for a semester and I was like, this is not right. My mom is dying. I got to go. Mm-hmm. So I took a leave of absence and I came home to take care of my mom. And she died four months later and I never went back. Wow. So then after that, I got a job at UALR uh, working for the dean of the Right now, this college doesn't even exist anymore. But at the time, it was a college of arts, humanities, and social sciences. Um, and I worked for Dean Baldwin uh, for three or four years, uh, doing special events, uh, working with students, doing some, some recruitment, um, doing a little bit of uh, working with a nonprofit organization that raised money for the college. Um, and then the position here came open, and I applied, and Bradley said, come on. Hmm. And here I am. Six years later. Yeah. Six seasons. Six seasons later and I'm still here. We're so lucky to have Rivka. You're so sweet. That's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Did you meet here? No. We met in improv. Improv was our first. The first time we met was at your house because we were going to a haunted house. We were. And I was so scared. (laughs) I think I may have cried a little bit because I was so scared of this haunted house. And when was this? Maybe 2008? Know. Yeah,
0: something like that. So you had mutual friends, and you all met up at Katie's, and yes. went to mm-hmm. house.
1: Was it as scary as you thought it would be? I didn't go in. <laughs> oh. I sit out in the car and I was thinking, gosh, these people are gonna think that I'm a nerd, I can't hang, I'm a dork, and they didn't think that. They just giggled at me and just, you know, and went breaks. on in. Yeah, oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, okay, silly, you know. We'll Into see a you. place full of actors.
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and now Rivy's one of my bestest pals. Oh, you are so sweet. You're That's my true. best pal. Aww. So let's talk about you. What's what's your story? Well, whether you stick to it or not uh and my mom um she t- did community theater and she started a couple of community theaters growing up she's always been super feisty and um so i grew up with having like bags of costumes and theater parties at the apartment and, um so I was around it, but I didn't think that I was ever going to do it. And then middle school, um, I went to an arts magnet school and took took one theater class and had a really awesome relationship with the theater teacher who I'm still friends with on Facebook. Um, and thanks, Chris Chapel, And decided then that that's what I wanted to do. So I guess maybe since I was 13, I've just actively pursued theater um and what was your personality
0: why do you think you were drawn to theater
2: I was uh there well my dad died when I was younger and we did a lot of moving and so it. and then my brother passed away when I was 15 so there was just a lot of upheaval and trauma and um doing theater was a way to really connect with a group of people Mm -hmm. and have a sense of community and have a sense of family no matter where you were or where i was so um it was a way to be a part of something bigger Mm -hmm. and occupy time
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah it hurts my heart to hear that how traumatic that was that must have been horrible
2: Yeah, they were. They were. That was. That was some. Which I think was one of the reasons why I love doing theater for young audiences is because I was a young person doing theater when life was an upheaval, and I knew how important it was and how in that space i was respected as a young person and i felt that i had a voice and had agency and i think because of those traumatic events you know i i have a direct connection to what it feels like to be 6 or what it feels like to be 15 so those are the ages that I'm most drawn to. Are you know teens who are still trying to figure out who they are and but have a strong voice and and feel like they're yelling into the void or, um, you know, to be a young person and have something happen, um, and the world just continues, you know, it doesn't stop because mm-hmm. something's gone wrong. So and and I think the theater is a place to be witness to. Events and things that have happened that are similar to, and also be witness to those the things that are different from, and be able to share whether or not you've gone through something or not, share with other people that experience. So it's, um, I just really believe in the magic of theater, whether it's scripted or unscripted, um, it makes community happen.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what I'm thinking of is you're talking um, two things. One, when I was young, I just resented everyone's authority over me. Yeah. You know, I, I wanted to make decisions, especially I was raised by a, a strong woman who raised us to be independent, but then was also at the same time extremely controlling. And that was a real problem. Um, and so I felt like I had no agency. And so that whatever you just said makes me think of that. And, and when you talked about, um, I can't remember exactly the word you used, but uh, basically respecting children and their experiences and, and where they are in the world. Um, I think about that a lot right now in our politics, but also, um, I don't know a lot about the education system. I don't have kids, but I am I kind of vaguely pay attention to Little Rock School District, and I always think, is anyone asking the kids what their experience is, you know? And, and so, is there a way to uh, kind of scale how we give these kids agency and um, a community in something like the theater more broadly, you do not have to have an answer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. But do you know what I'm trying I to do? I do, I do, and I think um, we have a term in, in theater for young audiences, it's called the gatekeeper, um, because children don't buy tickets, parents do, or guardians do, or teachers do, and those are the gatekeepers to the theatrical experience. And I feel like, um, that there are gatekeepers to the way in which children can experience the world, and that's their parents or their guardians or their teachers, and there that's really wrapped up in power. Mm-hmm. I, you are younger than me, therefore I have more power over you, or I'm an authority, or um, so releasing that need to be in control is really difficult for adults to do Mm -hmm. and i think part of that answering that question how do you give a child agency is to relinquish your control over the child and that's really difficult for adults to do Mm -hmm. that's not the way we've been told um
1: how to think as an adult what do you think, Rivie? Um, I think that I agree. Um, and something that we do here at the Children's Cedars, whenever we have kids in shows, um, we tell the parents it's a closed rehearsal. Um, you're, you know, parents are welcome to wait in the lower lobby if they like, but their students are back there with us, um, which I think allows them a bit of that agency that we both touched on. Um, to explore on their own, try new things, and fail mm-hmm. uh, without anyone around to protect them. Um, so we create that safe space here. Um, and sometimes it's hard for parents to let go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're not fans of letting their their eight-year-old, you know, walk backstage by themselves. But uh, by the end of the process, they tell us, we're so thankful because my kiddo has a bit more independence, some more confidence and ownership Mm -hmm. of uh, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And thank you for making me let go, even if it's just for that two hours. Right.
0: Yeah. I um... (laughs) am... highly critical of helicopter parents. <laughs> I just think it's bad for kids. And, um, you know, I have lots of good friends who who are well-meaning parents, but they're doing too much for their kids that their kids need to be figuring out on their own. And, um, you know, I just think it's—I know it's easy for me to sit back in judgment, but um, I know that with my nieces and nephews, what I try to do is just— you know, offer them advice, but let them do what they're going to do. And if they fail, so be it. Hopefully they'll learn from it. But, um, yeah, I and I'm not going to ask you to comment on this because I'm anyway, I just wish that I wish parents would let their kids go a little bit more, you know, and let them experience childhood and and like you said, failure. Mm-hmm. That's so important.
1: And, you know, something that I take pride in is that we create a safe space mm-hmm. for parents to feel a bit more confident on letting their student go, even if it's just for an hour or two Mm -hmm. for rehearsal. Mm -hmm. Um, They know they're with experienced adults, um, and we've been doing this for years. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we view, you
2: know, children are fully formed human beings. Mm -hmm. They're not just future human beings. They, They are their own human beings, and we speak to them. I think a lot of, at least I watch adults forget T- how to speak to a child and that just speak in the way that you want to be spoken to, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a big mystery. Um, if yeah. you just talk to them, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of
1: talking down, down to, them to them or talking insulting them or even really, or changing your, my god for lack of a better term mask like this is my adult mask and i'm going to talk to you as an adult now i got it on my kid mask and i've got to talk to you like you're a child and mm-hmm. yeah there's no need for that
0: mm-hmm. yeah. my niece uh maybe i shouldn't well she won't be listening to this but anyway we uh had a drive this oh, this last weekend and um she had started her period. She she'd already had it, but she, you know, and we were gonna be swimming, and it was a thing. And so her mom, my sister, said, "She feels kind of awkward, but you know, she got her period. And she might need some more, whatever." And I was like, "Yeah, no problem." And so we spent at least thirty minutes talking about periods and how to deal with things, and like if you don't, you know, wad up toilet paper or you know whatever, yeah. just the different things, and you know how to try to get used to tampons. And um, and she said, "Oh, I thought this was gonna be so awkward, but you're just like open about stuff." <laughs> I was like. We're both women. I mean, you know, like, it's just there's nothing to be ashamed of. And, and I think that we try to protect kids from this grown-up stuff, and I think it really damages them potentially. Um, anyway, I could get way off on this um, because I think it's... Anyway, that's... Anyway, I, I won't get off on that. But but I agree with you completely. Um, I'm glad you... I'm glad that's your philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know how to end this, but anyway. Uh, so uh, while we're still talking about the theater... Um, Tell me about baby play. The baby play.
2: <laughs> uh, well, um, the baby play, which we affectionately call, in 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 the world of theater for young audiences. It's called Theater for the Very Young. And it's for uh, children that are just born all the way through um, usually five to six years of age. So uh, prior to um, being able to take them to sit down for an hour, um, if you wouldn't take them to the movie, then you probably wouldn't bring them to the theater. So there's a new trend Um, to to make plays for the very young and that some of them are really interesting and bizarre um, especially in european models there's one where um, like this person is born out of a giant balloon womb and um, (laughs) just sits there and like imitates the babies the whole time um all the way through up to, to really complex um, negotiations of, of friendship and um, m- more mature themes for six-year-olds.
1: But we've done two prior, and we're working on our third. And this one's a little different because it's going to go out on tour. Mm. So how do we create a play for the very young? Put in a box mm-hmm. in the van. Yeah. And move it somewhere else yeah. right because
2: usually um, plays for the very young they're immersive meaning the play takes a place around them right um, they sit in our model they sit in the middle and the play takes place around them it's highly multisensory so there's um, things to interact with usually um, low 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 text low narration low verbal so it's action based. And uh, so so we're collaborating with Miss Selma's,
1: mm-hmm. um, which is an amazing mm-hmm. school. And they've allowed us to come in and uh, just observe their students at play. Mm-hmm. What do they like to do? How do they, how do they interact with each other? Um, so that's what we've been doing. And we're going to be able to go into the school and um, help create this new piece uh, with these students. And you, it's the students who will perform it? No, no, we will. You will. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, since they are the audience. Um, but, your, but your children's theater students will not be performing. No. It's not just, this particular huge, okay. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we have to go on tour. We have to go on state. So we need folks that. Adults, adults that are available <laughs> and can drive. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but they've been so generous and gracious to allow us into their classrooms and to talk to their teachers about what do these, what is this age group, uh, what do they do? How do they think? What do they like?
2: Because right. um, it's a real challenge. You know, we make theater for young audiences. So we we have a great respect for young people. We um, uh, you know, we really try to represent and give them, provide an experience for them, not from our lens, but through their lens. Mm-hmm. So, by having them as co collaborators, uh, collaborators and co creators of the work, um, it kind of helps put us in that realm to mm-hmm. remind us, um, oh this, oh oh this is really interesting. Um, through their lens, not not just only ours, or sometimes not ours at all.
0: Right. You say that it's um, kind of a trend right now. What what is the impact of these performances for for these young kids? Like, what what is the what is the goal? Is it just to stimulate?
2: I don't it's know the art psychology for art's sake. It. Yeah. It's okay. art for art's sake for young people that. Um, you know, that it does not have to be a moral or um, a learning standard associated with it. This can be an experience for a young person and their family to experience together and that it's art for art's sake. Of course, there's going to be standards attached to it. Um, art isn't neutral. Um, just by the nature of art, it's going to have some sort of meaning or value, but not that we're going to say what that is.
0: So it doesn't have to have some grand purpose, is what you're saying.
2: Yeah. Other it's than art. No. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Right. And it's an audience, I, I would presume, that is usually ignored.
2: It, yeah. In, in, a, in a sense. In an artistic sense, yeah. No one's making...
1: Baby... No, one's making, no one's making baby symphonies, the, you know. Right. No one's making the play for the two-year-old. Right. They're the yeah. ones sitting on their parents' lap during a different play and falling asleep. Right. Right. So this so is how, is how do we them? engage mm-hmm. that...
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that particular age range. Toddler,
1: toddler, toddlers. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And is it interactive at all? Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And there's usually bubbles. Okay.
2: Yeah. There's right. usually <laughs> bubbles, and
1: multi-sensory and participatory. So we allow them to uh, to walk around and engage with the actors and or whatever sort of. Um, uh, task is at hand. Uh, for example, when we did a previous show, we had this. We had the kiddos uh, plant seeds um, mm-hmm. in various pots, and then we had some puppet plants that grew, and they could watch the flowers grow.
2: Yeah, and they were ideas. Mm-hmm. She she needed to plan an idea. Oh. so that it could grow. So strange things would be blooming, like shoes, a <laughs> phone. A, um, <laughs> they so, all want a cell phone, don't they? Yes. Yeah, we did. I think yeah, we, did we did bloom. We did, yeah, we, did, did, we bloom did bloom a cell, a cell phone. phone.
0: <laughs> that sounds really fun. And it also sounds like something that would be fantastic for kids on the autism spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, because don't they, uh, I don't know a lot about it, but don't they really um, like
2: the multi-sensory and tactile mm-hmm. things? Yes, and they're, they're, um, we're, we're hoping to move in that direction. Arkansas Shakespeare Theater is leading the way currently um, on offering sensory, the, the term for it, sensory-friendly performances, because it can be really overwhelming, the lights, mm-hmm. the sound. the. So while the sensory simulation is really good, knowing how to present the materials um, in a way in which it's best received mm-hmm. um, is is take take some um, consultation development yeah. development right. yeah so is this
0: is is there going to be information about this on the website
1: yeah yeah okay. they can so book it
0: now mm-hmm.
1: okay. Schools, okay schools can book it now daycares can mm-hmm. preschools your homeschool group home yeah homeschool mm-hmm. okay. churches anyone that wants us to come okay. the
2: show is called winkin blinkin and nod it's based on the poem Lullaby. And we're going into schools and we're going to be asking the question or something dealing with, mm. um, where do you go when you dream? Mm. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to ask. Don't do that with adults. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had a disturbing dream lately that I
0: usually don't, I usually don't remember my dreams. So I was like, hmm. Um, So, if you can just kind of briefly describe the children's theater, the programs, currently you're starting summer programs.
1: So, uh, what we're doing right now uh, is we are about to start ours two Summer programs, Junior Arts Academy and Summer Theater Academy. Uh, Junior Arts Academy is the first two weeks of June. And half the day they spend in visual art and the other half of the day they spend in performance art. And at the end of the two weeks, uh, they have play and display where the students will erect a small gallery of the pieces that they've done over the two weeks. And they'll put on a short play. And it's for students ages six to nine. Um, And it's really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So for students ages 10 to 18, we have Summer Theater Academy. Academy, which is a three-week conservatory-style theater training program um, where they're in theater classes all day. And they take three core disciplines, uh, which is movement, not dance, mm-hmm. movement. We want to help them learn how to move and use their bodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, voice and diction and improv, uh, which is the way that we approach our acting uh from a from a place of truth, mm-hmm. as opposed to "here's a script, memorize it, and I'll tell you what to do," we encourage them to act through honesty.
2: How how to create a believable moment? Thank you, Cami. Yeah, she's the director. So. <laughs>
0: uh and so do you you ask them to kind of call on their experiences to try to oh absolutely well I don't
2: use emotional recall you don't no no because you never know what kind of trauma someone Ah, has. that's true so at least I do don't open the door unless you know how to shut it and I don't know how to do that so um I use what's called the magic what if so what if you were in this situation how would you respond not think about your dead dog and Mm. cry in this scene
1: you know Mm -hmm. well see I I'm not in the classroom <laughs> so we have to Katie answer those questions yeah. um, but at the end of the three weeks uh, the students put on a short devised piece about 20-25 minutes um, that's inspired by their thoughts and feelings and conversations and um, and it's their work it's a piece that they made mm-hmm. that they uh, do at the last night
0: Do you see a lot of transformation in kids going through the program? Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Uh, Especially for students that continue to come. Uh, Students that we only have for one summer, um, and then we don't ever see them again, and, and, and that's okay. You know, sometimes it may not be a good fit for them or they have other interests that so they want to pursue more. Um, but for the students that do continue to come and come and come, uh, we definitely see some maturity. We see some agency. Uh, we see them be brave um, and take risks. Mm-hmm. Um which for me is really important. Um, and also just making informed decisions mm-hmm. um, as opposed to acting on impulse. Um, they're thinking things through a bit mm-hmm. more. Yeah. From what I see is I, I'm, I am I, the administrator of the program. I'm not in the classroom. Um, so what I see of the student is a bit more on the skim of it, mm-hmm. whereas Katie's in the classroom and can see the students really develop. So if you want to add anything about changes over time, development over time, um, yeah, I
2: was th- I think I think one of the things about STA that's remarkable is a sense of community and a sense of place that a student feels over time and that th- their first year they're kind of trying to understand what's going on but by the end of that first year there's usually a great sense of place and then when they come back year after year, they're making space for others to come in. So there's a great deal of camaraderie amongst the students. And in that, they can make art together. Because I think it's that fellowship that has to come first before they can feel safe to, to, to make art and to express themselves. So... I think that's one of the most remarkable things. And then they they grow into examples of, of, of how to make a safe space, mm-hmm. which is really nice mm-hmm. to see. Mm-hmm. One of the questions I wanted to ask is, um, do you feel like working with kids,
0: I'm going to say, helps keep you young? You're both young, but... Well, it
1: depends on the day. (laughs) Some days I don't feel young.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you you feel... What what do you think the effect of working on kids has on
1: you in your lives? I think it helps me try to stay engaged with what... God, for the lack of a better term, what's cool? (laughs) And usually when I find out what's cool, it's not cool anymore. Um, But staying relevant in the time... And what are kids using for, uh, you know, technology platforms? Um, How do they speak to each other? Uh, Which changes over Mm -hmm. time. And so I have to keep up with that. Um, So the older I get and I try to stay cool, I'm not cool, you know? (laughs) Like, I feel like that, you know, (laughs) that I'm trying to be the cool mom, but I'm not cool at all. All Uh, So that's it for me. I think, what do you think, Katie? I feel like it's
2: such, um, such a mutual exchange, like they, they are equal participant teachers to me as I may be to them and that I'm learning every, every interaction I'm learning. So I've Feel like it's just an equal exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, like they're your colleagues. Yeah, that's kind of weird to say. Yeah. But yes, yeah, they, and selfishly, they teach me more about myself than, you know, my adult interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're more honest? I Yes, yeah, they're more honest and... Maybe less guarded? Is that less guarded and how they how I respond to them
0: Mm.
2: says a lot about me Mm -hmm. in that moment Mm -hmm. you know Um, or how 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 handling a situation says says something about how do I stand in the values that I truly believe in when stuff goes awry Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you know rather than just Sit Mm -hmm. down,
1: right, right. Stop hitting each other, you know. You know, oh, go ahead. No, 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 that was it. Well, I was going to say, like, as I'm learning how they think and interact with each other, I'm also learning what things haven't changed, Mm -hmm. Um, which is how how to how to speak. Which we we talked a little bit about this earlier, but how to speak to students. That hasn't changed. You mm-hmm. talk to them like they're people. Mm-hmm. Um, how to if a student's having a bad day? Um, what are the things that help the student? Um, and that that kind of stuff hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it strengthens the core the core values of how to interact um, and engage and learn with them, but also have to adapt and how they talk and <laughs> uh, what they what the, what what is important to them now. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. It does. Okay.
2: Yeah. And Armadillo Rodeo, which is a, a teen improv troupe, it started here in 2007, um, but evolved to be independent of any of any company. So it's just within itself.
1: Um, but many of the students in Armadillo Rodeo do also attend the academy.
2: Yeah, they've come through STA, or, or some of them have been through Junior Arts STA into Armadillo Rodeo. Um, and that's for any central high school student and they spend it's Sunday mornings from 10 to 1 and uh, every month they perform two shows and then at the end all the money from their performances goes towards a trip to Chicago where they see um, shows and that's what I call church that's my church is every Sunday going um, to, to laugh with these kids who teach me about improv and teach me about being a human. And
1: and just to clarify, you said Central High students. It's Central, Central Arkansas, Arkansas. Okay. Not yeah. just... Thank you for yes. clarifying Yeah. That. So any Central Arkansas um, student, would they have to be a rising eighth eighth grader mm-hmm. to qualify?
0: And and that is an independent um, program?
1: Yes. Yeah. Are you teachers? Katie is the director. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. the so, coach. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then are you involved in that? Um, if she needs a sub... Um, I'm happy to sub. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. Okay, <laughs> Improv Little Rock is a big supporter, and you know is the is the team that comes in when I can't. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, let me. Um, I, okay, so we're going to segue into improv, but very quickly, um, do you provide any scholarships or any resources for low-income kids? Yes,
1: we um, there are scholarships available for students, um, and it's and it is need-based.
0: Mm-hmm. And so so, that's on the website, Mm -hmm. information about that? Yes. Okay.
1: So basically once a student has been accepted into the program, that's when they can get a scholarship form.
0: Okay. Okay. Oh, so you have to be accepted first, and then yes, you have to audition right. for
1: the program, and then once you're accepted, then you can apply for a scholarship.
0: Okay. Um, and uh, I know that the art center is is closing down for a few years to renovate them. We're super not excited. closed. Well,
1: <laughs> we're the just the building is relo- closed. The building is closed, but the art center is relocating. The entity yes. is relocating. Right. Uh, so we're we still have programs. We still will have plays. We still will have tours. There will still be gallery exhibitions. There are still classes. Right. We're just not going to be. In MacArthur Park, we're going to be at 2510 Cantrell Road, right? So, aka the old one, the old. The old Walmart, Walmart, yeah, yes.
0: people don't know addresses. <laughs> yes, I still call,
1: call it Harvest Foods. Yeah, yeah. Um, so,
0: uh, and then you will. So, you'll still be working. You'll be working out of uh, the location on Cantrell, and mm-hmm. then you're going to. Um, you'll be having performances, presumably, in just possibly different locations, different theaters in the in Little Rock. And also at the
2: Cantrell location.
1: There as well. Okay. Yes. And yes. they started working on that, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. They're you walk finished. in there, you wouldn't even know it used to be Walmart. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't know that we're functioning where paper goods used to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or administrative. Cool. You would never guess that the deli um, is the break room. Yeah. You know. The gift shop is in the pharmacy. That's right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um,
1: that's many people's gift shop.
0: Yes. pharmacy. Yeah. Uh, Jason and I, you know, we live three blocks from here, and we when we go to Northwest Arkansas, we make a point to go to Crystal Bridges, but we don't walk three fucking blocks to get to the Arkansas Art Center. You know, we did recently though; we're we're doing it. But what is it? Is it just that it's when it's in your own town, you always think you're going to get there? Like, do you do you ever talk to people about this? Um, I think about
1: it within myself, you mm-hmm. know, because I also when I go to Northwest Arkansas, I want to go to Crystal Bridges. Um, so I think maybe when it's in your own town, you take it for granted. It's mm-hmm. always there. Like, I rarely go to the, to the Clinton Center. Right. But it's down the road, and there's amazing exhibitions that come through there. But yet I, I rarely go. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. We're trying to be tourists in our own town more um, because there is – especially having Airbnb, mm-hmm. people love Little Rock. And we always tell them to go to the art center. And um, Thank you. Yes. I'll, I mean, and we say, it's free. You can
2: just go, you
0: know. And so um, – but, yeah, I don't know what it is about –
2: that I think I think Crystal Bridges too um, is pretty innovative Mm -hmm. and so that that it has an innovative space it seems to have a real fresh take on uh, presenting Mm arts you know it's got cutting edge everything so it's it's and a lot of Walton money Mm -hmm. so it it has a lot of things um kind of making it stand out in our consciousness mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think the Art Center yet is. I think with the new renovation. It will give some new life yeah. to the space. Yeah.
0: It looks, the plans look spectacular. Yeah, they do. Oh, really I can't cool. wait. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, when Jason and I came to look at the Delta exhibit, I my favorite part of our, our visit
1: was the the children's art. From the school. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Y-A-A. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, amazing, amazing. Young Arkansas artists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um,
0: yeah, it's. A, and they
1: even have an award ceremony for the young arts artists that are here. It's here in the lecture hall. Oh,
0: yeah. see, all right. I'm gonna have to start paying better attention. <laughs> um, okay, well, so let's let's move into improv. Um, you all met at a friend's or at your house, but, yeah. but <laughs> were you were you were you when did you get involved with the local improv? group? I don't know. Just tell me how that all happened.
2: Well, I ran away to join Renaissance Fairs. So you ran
1: away to the circus? I did. I ran away to the
2: Renaissance <laughs> Fairs. I left, um, I had a rocky road in, in college because um, I definitely thought that school was more about pleasing professors' egos than mm. it really was about my personal growth and uh There was also inappropriate activity happening between professors and students. And so I just left, Mm -hmm. ran away to Renaissance Fairs and and did that for a number of years. And I ran into um, one of the founders of Improv Little Rock at a Renaissance Fair. His name's Josh Rice. And he and I became pals. And uh, I was looking for... Uh, theater for young audiences, a children's theater to come work at, because it had been a, something I studied in undergrad as well. And so when he was involved in both, I was like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um, so I came, I came here and auditioned for the children's theater here, and did did uh, auditioned again at United Professional Theater auditions in Memphis. And Bradley brought me on, and at the same time. Um, everyone in Improv Little Rock was like, come play with us. And I was like, yes, please. So I started in 2007 with an all-boy an all boy troupe. Yeah. Um, Ashley at the time was on the lights, so it wasn't all boys, that's a lie. Um, she was a lighting improviser. And Christy had done some, but she'd been in and out. And then Kelsey came mm-hmm. into the mix, and Kelsey Craig's one of the funniest human beings that ever human beinged. Um, and
1: she when she got real involved, she invited or talked to Matt first about inviting me to come uh, and come to a rehearsal to see if I could if I could hang and play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Matt, I remember Matt messaged me on Facebook Messenger, you know, inviting me to come to rehearsal. And I just said, now, Matt, if you know, if this doesn't work out, no hard feelings, you just tell me to go home and I'll go home. And he never said that. So I just started coming and then never left. And so now he can't tell me to go. No, he can't. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless he comes as a ghost. How <laughs> exciting. I'd love that. <laughs> he would be a fun haunter. I yes, agree. he would. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, come and haunt I, us, Maddie. I think I start, God, was that 2009? You were gone when I came in. Were was, you gone in 2009? Uh-uh. No, I didn't leave until 12. Well, then I don't remember. It must have been 2009. Maybe it was 10. Did you play? and not come back? I left to go to
2: grad school. But you've done improv recently, haven't you? Yes. I went. I was gone 12 to 14. Okay. And then and then I've been doing, those were the only two years
1: I was not okay. here to do improv. So I'm pretty improv. sure it was 2009 when I started, because I remember it was the year after my mom passed. Mm-hmm. So. so we played. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess I've been doing it for 10 years now with yeah. y'all. Yeah. A long time. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So
0: what is the kind of philosophy or theory behind improv? It, it seems to be the place where a lot of actors and comedians start. Is that true?
2: I think so. I mean... Improv, really, just like Rivka said, has just a couple of basic things. You say yes to whatever the other person says. You're creating a reality together. So you just say yes to whatever they say, and then you add on something to it. So you're just the building box of creating a reality together, a shared reality. And then there are all different kinds of tricks to um, play within that reality. What are the skills, I guess, that that improv teaches you
1: for me it would be to don't overthink it um for turn your brain off which is sounds crazy when you really have to be using your brain uh but d- don't overthink it so much and just trust your instinct and be honest and truthful um mm-hmm. and react honestly with whatever's being given to you um
2: yeah and i would say but you're trying to
0: create something that people want to watch
1: so well, I, sometimes I, I mean, you know, improv doesn't always have to be about making the audience laugh. Um, improv is about creating a truthful moment, and sometimes, sometimes that's funny, and that's awesome when it's funny. Typically, it is funny, um, but sometimes it's not, and sometimes the truthful moments are are hard to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I I think.
2: I ha- for me, it's listening. Listening is the most important thing. So, you're listening to whatever your partner says, and then your goal is to make your partner look good. So, you can make your partner look good by um, giving them information about whatever it is mm-hmm. of, of the situation, the world that you're in. So, some information about who they are, where they are, and what you're emotionally doing together. So, um, you just keep that exchange going. And hopefully within that exchange, uh, it is watchable. Mm-hmm. But the goal is never to um, make the audience laugh. The goal is never to be funny. Hmm. Um, the goal is to really to invest in your partner and be honest Be honest and do good scene work. And from that good scene work makes
1: the audience laugh. Hmm. Or shocked. Or shocked. Or grossed out. Yeah. yeah, Whatever whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. It makes the audience react in some sort of way. Yeah.
0: Huh. So why do you think that I'm associating it so much with comedy?
1: Because that's how it's portrayed on television. You know, like with whose line is it anyway. And that's typically the improv that it happens. It's, it tends to be funny. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Th- that was the
0: first time I'd ever seen improv, I think. Uh, that's my first conscious memory of it. And I, I just remember watching and thinking, they're just doing this, like, this isn't planned, this is not scripted. Like, I could not believe the things that they were doing. Yeah. I, just, I just didn't believe that that was a thing. And so it's incredible to me. And I'm going back to Matt, you know, so he was the governor's spokesperson and I was the Supreme Court spokesperson. And, um, and we were friends somehow before then, I don't even remember, but, um, and I was always so impressed. He's obviously a smart guy, or he was a smart guy, but he just, everything just rolled off his tongue perfectly mm-hmm. you
1: know and I was always so jealous okay. of that yeah and but we got to see the imperfections okay tell me oh. what they were. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know so one of the things that Matt and I used to what we used to love to do is break up on stage mm-hmm. uh, we would be this couple and some sort of conflict happened and we would just break up and just seeing his raw emotion in those moments um, He would say some questionable things sometimes, you know, but we're always really delightful Mm -hmm. and um, created a lot of really great reactions for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was always fun.
2: Yeah, he did not want to. He was he was a little trepidatious about new ideas at first, uh, one of which was singing. Mm. And he was not he was not about the singing games um, at the beginning. And then. Uh, you know, as years went on, he's like karaoke king. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's so. Yeah. Um, he, he's he started off maybe a, a little. He he was very reticent to look the fool at first, and then he was the first one to give it a go. Yeah. Um, as time went on,
0: I don't feel like I ever really knew Matt. You know, even though I knew him for a long time. Um, I wouldn't say we were close friends, but I could call on him any time I needed to, and we would have lunch or, you know, whatever, and and I really—his death was um, horrible. I'm not going to cry right now. I wasn't ready for it. We talked about this before. But I never really felt like I knew him because there was always something that felt like— not that he was insincere. I don't really know how to describe it. I don't know. Maybe it was just my—maybe it was my perception of him, you know, that he— not that he had his shit together all the time, but— I was thought of him as a performer, in mm-hmm. every context. Because I was usually with him in public. I don't really know if I'm going anywhere with this. I'm just. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: He had his spokesperson pants. He on He did. A lot. Yeah, yeah, He had yeah. His PR pants yeah. on. and he was extremely private.
0: Yes, and even, even with with us. us. And we're his
1: family. Yeah. 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's right. I do feel like he was private. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I miss him a lot. Uh, I know you all do too. But uh, I told you before we started talking that um, I have. I had talked to Matt about doing some improv workshops because I feel like I think about things too much and um, I would like to be better kind of off the cuff and just I don't know, just speak better, be better. And especially as a lawyer in court, when you really have to be on your toes and be listening very carefully, and I think it would be really useful um, for lawyers. So with, with some girl lawyers, I want to get together and do a workshop. Is that, is what I'm describing, is, is improv something that could help us? Absolutely, yeah. for
1: sure. Um, in, in workshop styles like that, that we would um, just start with uh, mind-freeing and free association games that help kind of turn off that brain and just think on your feet and say the first thing that comes to your mind, mm-hmm. um, which oftentimes will be silly, uh, but, the, but the the basis of the exercise is to really listen to your partner and what they're giving you and react honestly, mm-hmm. uh, which will be useful in a courtroom, I mm-hmm. think. Listening.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: To witnesses, to the judge, to the attorneys. I mean, there's so much to pay attention to um, and, and to
2: use. Yeah. yeah. And to unpack yeah. each one of those mm-hmm. things. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, How um, I don't know when in my adult life I started to just own the things that might embarrass me or I might be ashamed of or something. And uh, and I just felt like if I took that power, if I was like, so if I felt like I was overweight or whatever it was, you know, um, I would use that Myself instead of waiting for someone to say something about me, which mm. they probably weren't going to do anyway. But it was just all my insecurities. So, so to me, it seems like improv would be really good for that. How how do you um, kind of overcome those fears, or how do you try to help people overcome those fears of just mm. being embarrassed to to make mistakes or whatever it is?
1: You yeah. <laughs> you know, for me, you know, I, I just did it, and then it didn't hurt.
2: Yeah. Yeah, practice. I I first started off in a teen improv troupe, and I didn't speak, and I cried before every rehearsal and cried after every rehearsal and before and after every show. And um, it took me a very long time to be comfortable doing improv, and I've been doing it, I don't know, maybe 20 years, over 20 years now. So um, practice, practice being vulnerable You know that's hard to do and I I think a lot of times you know sometimes my stuff does come out on stage and that's
1: okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trusting the people you're playing with Mm. that they are going to make you look good uh, because they're going to endow you with something Um, and if you start to fail that they will help you not fail. Yeah, uh, it's but sometimes failure is imminent, and that's fine. It's a team sport. Yes, mm-hmm. and I
2: think people think that improv is a lone, alone, alone thing. Oh my gosh, I have to be funny, or mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. this is team storytelling, mm-hmm. which is incredibly fun to do. So that's that's what makes it a joy that I get to go and play every week with my best pals and
0: right, and uh, it seems like it would be something that would give people confidence in their real lives. I mean,
1: yeah, because like, you kind of just well. I mean, if, you've, if you if you failed on stage and you've done it in front of everybody, well, my gosh, you've already done the big fail. The little ones don't seem to matter so much.
0: Do you think that um, I told you I was going to project a lot in this in this interview? <laughs> uh, do you think that that's um, uh, an issue that women deal with more than men
2: is is being visible and vulnerable and failing in public? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think we see that a lot in in comedy. You know, there's a whole documentary on are women funny. Yes. You know, it's, it's, that question doesn't even come up for for men or um you know, why isn't there more stand-up female stand-up comedians in town or um the the idea that that women that this isn't a space for women is I think it's
1: insane. Yeah. (laughs) So it's still prevalent. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I
2: mean, there are times when we are the, uh, there are more women on stage than men in our, in our troupe, And it uh, is just
1: amazing to, to, to see that flip.
2: um,
1: Or I think there were, gosh, I don't remember who said this to me, but somebody asked, are there any female comedians at the joint? Who, was it a man yeah. or what woman who asked? I don't, I don't know. I don't know who asked yeah. or what the circumstances were. But, you know, when someone told me that someone asked that question, I was like, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah.
0: Well, I can't. <laughs> I don't know how to say this without. I don't mean to insult you, but mm-hmm. and I hope it doesn't. But um, when Jason and I were when he was meeting with your dad and, and he was saying that you were his daughter, I was like, you know her. She's the funny one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me you're you are probably the most memorable person that, I've seen in improv. That yes. is
1: so kind. Yeah, thank okay. you. <laughs> uh you know, it's so funny because I don't feel those things. I'm like Katie, I'm like Katie is so memorable. She's so great at her Shakespeare scene or Ashley, she makes such witty quick comments, or Christy's the best rapper we've got on stage. Yeah, Rick I don't, is the funniest. I don't, She's I don't hilarious. think that, but it's yeah. but Thank you. Yeah. Well,
0: thank uh, you, you. Your face is also extremely expressive, and so and I think that's part of it too. You're a very expressive I hear,
1: person. I hear that a lot. Yeah. And I'm also an emotional person. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I I will cry at the drop of a hat. You know, is yeah. you know, but I you know, over time I've learned to not lose my lose my shit so quickly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but on the other hand of that, being so emotional helps me really. Be expressive, mm-hmm. um, and I can't. It's hard for me to hide my feelings. Yeah, <laughs> I was even. I was looking through a whole bunch of old stuff just recently, and I found my first grade report card, and even the teacher said, "Rufka has needs to, or she has problems controlling her emotions. <laughs> Something we're working on, you know." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so this isn't a new thing.
0: Yeah. Well, and back to the the sexism. I mean, we're not supposed to be, even though we're known as emotional. Beings, Right. We're not supposed to be hysterical. Emotional. No.
1: And it like, People, like I'm yeah. learning it, or still trying to cram it in, mm-hmm. be professionals. Don't get so upset. Don't take things so personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, take criticism better. Yeah. All those things. Instead of just, you know, feeling what I feel because cry, you can't cry in a meeting. <laughs> right. That's when I'm, when
0: I'm really mad, I cry. cry. Me too. Yes. Oh, oh my man. God. It's so frustrating.
1: I, I do too.
2: And we've had, you know, um, there's been some behavior that we've witnessed by uh, some, some, some menfolk um, that, you know, Rivka and I have looked at each other and said, if we ever behaved that way, uh, it, it mm-hmm. would not, it would not be
1: allowed. You know, that, that person is passionate. Oh, yeah. Right. They, but we, but we um, cannot control ourselves. Yeah. Right. We're unreasonable. Yes.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: That's, I mean, in we're a bitch, yeah, yeah, <laughs>
1: yes, that's right. Mm-hmm.
0: And I am a bitch, <laughs> I'm yeah. like I'm just like I, I have a kind of a Yankee sensibility. And um, I have, I have found for sure that um, especially women in professional situations, if I have some position of authority, which I never like pull rank or anything, but I just want them to do their jobs. But if a man asks them to do something, well, yes, sir, because he's mm-hmm. the boss, but if I ask, <laughs> She's so mean. Or you, you know? have to
1: justify yeah. why they should do it. Right. Because it's their fucking job. Yes. I because mean, it's your goddamn yes,
0: job yes, to do it. Yeah. 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 That's that's really frustrating. And and I think too in the South, uh, that's I, I notice it more. We are definitely have our place, not mm. not necessarily my immediate community, but their um, expectations. And I, I deal a lot with women who are interested in running for politics or for office, and you know I I train women to run for office, and so um, the the challenges there are are many.
1: And we are so lucky in our in our improv life that we have such genuine, awesome gentlemen that support us and believe in us and don't talk differently to us. Did you have um, to get
0: there, or have they always no? They came always, that way. They came yeah, that way. So fine. we're really yeah. lucky
2: in that. And yeah. there were multiple times in which early, early years, you know, and I was like, "Listen, guys, I don't know if I could do this." Where, where, you know, uh, Brett and Maddie D would have sit-downs with me and say, "Don't you got to stay?" Um, and they're they're not ones to, you know, we're not always whores and moms,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know. They don't know they in Dallas other things and scenes, and they. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they like to um, to 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 empower. empower such a stupid word. Not, I don't want to use that one, as if to say we don't have power. But they right. uh, they uphold us and uplift us in our in our improv life. Yeah.
0: So when you work with girls in theater, um, do do you? It feels like it would be empowering mm-hmm. to, to learn the skills you
2: learn in theater. Do you find that to be true? I think so. Yeah. I mean, one of the first things I do is try to break young women of apologizing, mm-hmm. that yeah. being the first thing that comes out of their mouth, oh, I'm sorry, you know, when they're given direction or they're saying an idea, because um, mm-hmm. I think often words are, are kind of the first flags of some something that's going on internally.
0: I recently interviewed a woman who said she was sorry for things that she didn't do, like, like yeah. for something I did. You I'm like, that's okay. I'm the one who bought the table or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. And it was like, God, you got to stop that. Um, and so, and I hope she does. Um, so, So, what is the kind of improv schedule if people want to see
1: you? Uh, we perform every Wednesday at the joint in North of the Rock. Um, I think it's 301 Main Street. I think it's, uh, it's next to Cregan's. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's 301. Sure. But anyways, uh, we perform every Wednesday at 8 o'clock, and it's $8. And there's always drink specials. Um, and we perform usually for about an hour, 15, hour 30 mm-hmm. is the typical length of a show. Uh, so you won't be out past 10 mm-hmm. on a school night. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Um, And since we make it up, it's a different show each week. Different show every week. And the last Saturday of every month, we have our late night show, which starts at 1030 and it's pay what you can. And that's when we try our new formats and new ideas. Uh, And that one's for adults because it's at 1030 on a Saturday night. Come on now. So
0: young people can come. It's not a
1: twenty-one and over on Wednesdays. It is not. Any, okay. any Yeah, you're anyone can welcome. Do you, do yourself. many kids come? Uh, no, they have some teenagers, but they're like sixteen plus. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. the teenagers that can drive yeah. that can come. Mm-hmm. I mean, because um, most of us,
2: you know, are are speaking from an adult perspective. I think most of the comedy is going mm-hmm. to be from an adult perspective. Mm-hmm. So, whenever I've been to
0: improv, I've been terrified that they were going to pull me on stage, <laughs> and. <laughs> Well, we
2: might, <laughs> and our goal is to make you look good, you have. right?
0: Uh, it's happened. Um, so, can you tell when people don't want to participate? Like, how do you deal with
1: that? Or well, you know, we, we ask for volunteers, right. and sometimes we don't get them, yeah. And so then we just pick them, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, and we, you know, we, we can tell if somebody feels a bit uncomfortable or nervous, and and our job is to make you all look good. Right? We're uh, we're the, the clowns for. Uh, we're the ones who are going to look silly. We're the ones taking all on the risk. We just want you to play with us. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So if we've done our job right, hopefully by the end of the interaction you feel comfortable or you've had a, you've had some you've fun. Had, you've had a good yeah. time.
1: Yeah. That's the that's the hope. And uh, you know how lucky are we even just as an improv troupe or folks that come to see the show that this is a time that adults get to play. Mm-hmm.
0: We don't play enough.
1: Yeah. We don't play. And what a magical hour, hour and a half that we have. Of that recess. We, that we get to play. Mm-hmm. And you can watch us play or play with us. Okay. So, but if I sit in the back, that doesn't mean that you won't pull me up. That's
0: correct. Right. Right
1: now. Yeah. <laughs> we can still see you. Oh, we're all black. Get my head down.
0: <laughs> no, actually, it wasn't that bad. I can't even remember what the topic was, but it was at the public theater I don't remember. Anyway, and but I just felt like this pressure, like to do well, and you know, I don't know that I did. But anyway, it was it was horrifying. But this is why I want to try some improv, not to perform like regular, but like just to feel more comfortable um, in situations like that, which shouldn't happen often. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about. Life is participatory. Yes, it
1: is. It is. Um, So, is there anything else you want to uh, talk about or promote? For anyone that just wants to come and see us play, Mm -hmm. come on Wednesday. You know, it's a great break Mm -hmm. in your work week, just to sit out and laugh. Get off your phones, come out, support some of your local businesses, um, and have a beer. Follow us on Facebook. Yeah, follow Mm -hmm. us on Facebook, Um, and I think we're also on Instagram. Probably. I think we are, Um, and come out and see us. What about the Children's Theater? Uh, So we're going to be moving out of our building um, in August, and we're going to be relocated for the next two to three years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I say also keep up with us on that journey. Follow us, the Mm -hmm. Children's Theater on Facebook, follow the Arts Center on Facebook, um, because we're going to be... As we maintain our core value of what the children's theater is, we're going to be able to try new things um, during this transition period. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be real exciting. I'm excited and, um, and and fun for us too.
2: Yeah, and if you would like to have the new theater named after you, it's only fifteen million dollars. So, uh, open your checkbook. Yeah, we're
1: looking. We're
2: looking for if you'd like some naming rights. Uh. Okay, I'll see what I can do. Okay, great.
1: Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, right after I find the money to pay my bills. Um, for so, Jason and I don't have kids um, and. But if we wanted to, can you contribute to the children's theater itself, or is, is having an arts... Center membership does that also contribute or like how does Mm -hmm. that
1: work Um, I mean we um, you can contribute to the Art Center and you know have it directed towards the Children's Theater if you like Um, but joining us as a member just allows you more um, access and Mm -hmm. keeps you up to date on everything that we're doing Um, you'll know about opening night dinners and uh, special member preview lectures and any sort of special activity that we're doing in the Art Center Um, our members get first dibs and first communication on that Uh, so so. Definitely worth it. Yeah, it's not expensive. No, I think a family membership is like eighty-five dollars. I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then, do you? Are there ever any volunteer opportunities?
1: Absolutely. You know, all of our student actors are volunteer. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but oftentimes we'll need some volunteer seamstresses, maybe we need some paint people to come in and help us paint. Uh, so there are some There's also front of house yes, uh, for ushers and
2: concessions. Um and if you usher or work concessions, you can see the show for free. And how do you how do you sign up for things like that?
1: Or, you can do that on the website. Okay. And so mm-hmm. if you need people to come help paint, I mean, do you. There's um, there's a volunteer form on our website okay. that you can fill out and submit. Like, these are the things I'd like to do. Okay. And, and then, then if you, let something comes know. up, then you'll put the mail out, out or something? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And just, you know, even if you don't have kids, you can yeah. still come to the Children's Theater because it's for the young and for the young at heart. Yes. So it's for everybody. My so heart, please come. My heart doesn't feel young, <laughs> <laughs> my heart feels depressed. That's what
0: I was. So when we started walking in, um, when I first got here, uh, just. And this will be the last thing, but I tend to <sighs> seek problems. I'm always trying to fix mm. everything, and you know, I, I get real kind of bogged down in the the sadness in the world, you know, and the politics and all of that. So, do you ever think about does that, Does that plague you at all? And, and if it does, does comedy help? I, I think of you as, as comedians. I told mm. Katie that before you came in, and so that's that's my my, my focus, but. Um, I don't really know
2: what my question is but I think everyone in improv little rock deals with depression on
1: some level <laughs> like I <laughs> depression that. anxiety yeah and, mm-hmm. uh, be emotional or whatever Whatever the whatever it is going through some sort of chaos and in, in your life and I think all of us deal with that on some sort of level uh, yeah
2: I think comedians are philosophers in a way mm-hmm. and you know we're we're all just trying to figure it out together mm-hmm
0: yeah I like the way you put that because it does seem, there it, there does seem to be, and this is based on my survey of Mark Maron um, podcast interviewees, <laughs> I have no idea, but there does seem to be a lot of, in comedy and, and even in acting, um, people who are dealing with things and, and using the art as a way to maybe work through life experiences or whatever is going on. Do you, do you find that that is the case in your experience?
1: Uh, for me, it allows me... Um a break from the chaos Mm -hmm. doing improv specifically allows me a break from the chaos Um, and so when I'm when I'm done do it with the show and the chaos starts to slowly trickle back in and um, having that break from it allows me to look at it from a different perspective Um, rather than constantly processing and going over the same things over and over and over again I take that break turn my brain off do something else come back to it and it sometimes it looks different and I can deal with it in a different way mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's my therapy yeah yeah I think
2: I, you know I've only only ever been in the arts so it all looks it all looks like family to me um, And so it's I think anytime you're super close to someone you see all of the you get to see everything which is wonderfully intimate which I think everyone is a little neurotic, Mm -hmm. you know, so, um, I don't know if people in the arts are more neurotic or that we're just more upfront about being
1: neurotic,
0: (laughs) that's more expressive. yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I've worked with Katie very closely for at least six years now. Um, and I can feel the moment she walks in the office, how she's feeling that day. Hmm. Because you know her so well. Because I know her so well, I can read her body language so well, and at some points we become synced, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, emotionally sometimes synced. Um, and because I work with her at the Children's Theater, I also we work together at Improv. Where we spend a lot of our time together, and I feel very connected to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm with you, really. <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell how she's doing the moment she walks in the door.
2: Yeah, that's Maybe, really... sometimes without
1: even asking. With which seems kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but. When you know, when you when you're when you you know, I consider my improv folks my um, an extension of my family. Um, these are the people that I partner with to go through life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and. You know, you, your life partners you become very close with and they, they can just tell by looking at you what's going mm-hmm. on and oftentimes get empathized with that mm-hmm. and feel it themselves. So, you know, when you when we walk into, let's say, to do a show and someone's had a really shitty day, man, everyone feels that shitty day mm-hmm. or if someone walks in, they've had something really fantastic happen to them. Um, every, everyone can feel that you know how fantastic that is, mm-hmm. um, and so you know, especially when we lost Matt, mm-hmm. the time when we were in so much sorrow and despair, and we in grief, and we really just didn't know what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. We we just we wouldn't we did what Matt would have done and gone to improv.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Uh, that's a really wonderful thing to have people like that in your life, isn't it?
2: It's magic. We're yeah. yeah. very, very yeah. lucky people. Yeah. That's what
0: makes Arkansas
2: home. Yeah, that's right.
0: And I, I think what you have, I think, is what we're getting away from in life because we're so stuck to our phones and we're really isolating ourselves. I think. And you know, before we start talking, I was talking about having a block party or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, once a month just to get to know neighbors because we really just do isolate ourselves. And I think that that is. Um, a big reason that we are so divided um, as a country, you
1: know. You know, I I was just driving with my dad yesterday and I said, "Dad, look, there's a kid out roller skating." Yeah. Whoever thought that would be something that you would say that's shocking. <laughs> right. Cuz yeah. you don't see kids mm-hmm. out roller skating. Mm-mm. No. They're out liming. Yeah, you don't you don't see that anymore. With helmets. Where, yes. You know, you don't you don't see people out and about being people you see yeah. them sucked into these computer mm-hmm. things on, and i'm guilty of it too right. because that's where that's where some part of our world is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um but you got to learn how to put it down and engage with the world or else what do we have left yeah and that's what theater makes us do whether it's improv
2: or regular theater the, the phone is away and it's human connection that's and even
1: in during Summer Theater Academy no phones mm-hmm. you're experiencing
0: the moment you're living life right now mm-hmm. you're not thinking about all that outside shit that, that bogs you down um, yeah
1: oh, okay. or being just you know overly you know being consumed with the media and advertising and all the things that happen in this this little computer box mm-hmm. that we have attached to us mm-hmm. you know I feel like you know, I'm living in the super future, and I'm a robot. And you I are. know this sounds really crazy, <laughs> but, like, sometimes I just feel like the phone makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how do I turn it off? Right. Well, on um, well, this is one of the ways to do it. Yeah.
0: Yes. You know. I was going to walk or ride my bike over here because it's three blocks, but I was running a few minutes late, and um, they had Mueller on NPR. Yes. He gave his 10-minute speech or whatever it was, and I didn't get to hear it all, and I, I just kept thinking... I've got to listen to this coverage. I can't go in and do an interview. I mean like this, but really it's not. It's important, but it's not that important, right? Like, I've certainly enjoyed this interaction much more than I would have sitting in my car listening to NPR, (laughs) you know, with knots in my stomach about the state of the world, you know. So, yeah, I, um, yeah, no, you're right. And that's, we also talked about um, being in Europe and, and, like, the cafe culture and people are outside and they're interacting and talking to each other. And you don't see everyone just, you know, in their phones and, um, you know, a a park in Paris that is just full of families on blankets. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, and, and that was really striking. I mean, I see people out in, you know, in the park here and there at the dog park and that's great, but it doesn't feel the same somehow. Um, not to say that Europe is doing it all right, but I mean, I, it, it strikes me when I travel to other places and see how they live. And then I come back here and go right into my house and start to work on mm-hmm. something, you know. And so, yeah. So we need to get out and watch children's theater and improv. Please. Yeah. Please do. Okay.
1: Good. Come play
0: with us. Yeah. And I also, um, and I'm, I swear I'm going to stop talking. I think one thing that people don't realize is the economic impact that the arts have on communities. Um, I don't go to Bentonville because Walmart is based there. I go there because they have a cool restaurant or an an art exhibit or, um, you know, Crystal Bridges or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so uh, even street art, whenever I travel, I always take photos of street art because I love the good graffiti. And, um, you know, so I I think that we... uh, I am hopeful that... uh, the art center will continue to grow and that will continue to bring more in because it really impacts the economy, the local economy a lot. And people are coming to little rock as a destination. Yeah. That's really surprised me having Airbnb. They're not just like passing through or coming for a wedding or whatever. They're like, they want to come to little rock Mm -hmm. to check it out. And I think that's great. And I want this to be a place where people want to stay, where people like you come and they don't leave or you don't go off to New York or wherever. And, um, you know, my, I have a sister who's she's off at college now, and I really hope she comes back because she's a smarty pants and she's a feminist and she's an actor, you know, and I mean, just kind of all those fun things. So, so we need as many
2: of those as we can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She did go through the program. When did you start here? 2007. Right. And you said oh, six. No, I'm sorry. I started you, in, in
1: 2013. 13. Here. Sorry.
0: Adrian Owings. Yeah. 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 She's at Yale now. Is she really? Yeah. And did you ha- also have Julia Lanfair? Yeah. You know, she's like an a Tony award Yes,
2: Broadway She's, uh, Broadway with, it's not, um, Buzz, Jed, Jeb what is that author's name? It's going to kill me. But yes. Yeah. 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 So
0: Adrian's my house sister. And we didn't grow up together. We don't, it's, it's complicated. But, um. We're not complicated. Our family is complicated. Uh, she, wasn't she and Ramona Quimby? Yes.
2: Yes. yes. And I was her Aunt B in, in Ramona Quimby. Okay. I came to that show. Yeah, yeah. Awesome.
0: Yeah. So she's apparently, like, touring with some singing group. Oh, good for uh, her. For the next year. Like she, my dad, we we have the same dad, and and he was telling me that she, you know, one day she was complaining she wanted to do a gap year because she just wasn't she just wasn't having it. Just yeah, you, know, you know. And I'm like, okay, um, I did not have those uh, opportunities, but um, and then the next day she found out that she was selected to go on this like year long worldwide singing tour. She was oh, like, oh, awesome. yeah, it's amazing, it's amazing. So I hope she comes back. I keep telling her you've got to come back to Arkansas because we need you here.
2: Well, please tell her I said hello. Yeah, I will. I will. And Julia, she um, was in. Was accepted into rodeo, but then was like New York, yeah, yeah, which is great. I
0: mean, she's out there killing it, yeah, she is, she's doing great, yeah. Uh, Jason, my husband plays poker with her dad. Oh, awesome! (laughs) So, do you know Craig? I mean, do you know her parents Mm -hmm. very well? They're Mm -hmm. really wonderful people, wonderful, yeah. So, anyway, so you are doing great work, and I appreciate it. And, um, thanks for taking the time to meet with me today. Thank Thank you for coming
1: down and visiting with us today. You really like made me
0: excited about what you're doing, and uh, I will. I will get as many people as I can to come to your shows and Jason and I will come to your shows. Good. Thank you. Do. But not tonight.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's okay. We're there every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Okay. And how lucky are we that we get to say that we get to do improv every Wednesday. Every
0: week? Wednesday. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And we'll talk we'll talk about doing a workshop because I really want to yeah, do. Yeah, I'd love to. So, I've got some ladies who are interested. Great. great. All right, good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.